0: Welcome to Continual Gift of Self, the podcast of talks, fervorinos, and homilies from Loper Catholic and the St. Teresa of Calcutta Newman Center. You can learn more about St. Teresa's and the Lord's work on the college campuses in Kearney, Nebraska, by connecting with us on our website, lopercatholic.org, as well as our Facebook and Instagram pages with the handle at Loper Catholic. With all that out of the way, enjoy this installment of Continual Gift of Self, and please pray for us. God bless. Today we celebrate the first Sunday of Lent. Um, Of course, we entered in Ash Wednesday, uh, this past Wednesday. And today um, we hear about Jesus going to the desert to be tempted. We have a cycle of three readings, no matter which one. This is what the focus of the gospel is on the first Sunday of Lent, whether it's Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Um, Today we hear from Matthew. Um, about Jesus going into the desert it's quite significant for us uh, as we enter into Lent the church uh, through God or God through the church is taking us on this this journey and the journey of course ends uh, at the cross and the resurrection a Good Friday Easter Sunday so the the readings are going to lead us on this journey up the mount of Calvary uh, and hope and into paradise as we pray and hope so with that, just a couple points. Um, first, what is Jesus doing in the desert? Like, why do these temptations come in the desert? What's that about? Number two, what about the temptations? So just look at the, the three temptations. So first, the desert. It's really important for us to see uh, that Jesus is the new Moses. This is a theological point um, It's well established and that would be a whole other thing to really lay that out. But he is the new Moses. And as the new Moses is leading us on a new Exodus. So that's an important thing. We remember from Exodus, the, the Israelites, they've been in slavery in Egypt for many generations. Moses is chosen and called by God to go free his people. So he goes and he frees the Israelites. We'll hear all this through the season of Lent and especially during Holy Week. He frees them. The first thing they do is they leave Egypt as they pass through the Red Sea. And then they go into the desert for 40 years. It's a time of purification, testing, preparation. Preparation for what? Entering into the promised land and being God's people. And so they go through the desert. Uh, It's a time of testing, purification, and preparation. Uh, And they eventually make their way, cross through the Jordan into the the, into the Holy Land, um, and establish um, Zion, God's kingdom there. Jesus does the same thing as the new Moses, entering into a new Exodus. So just prior to this Gospel, there was an event that happened in his life. He met John the Baptist at the Jordan River, and Jesus subjected himself, gave himself over to baptism. He went into the waters he was baptized and immediately following his baptism, he goes out into the desert where there for 40 days and 40 nights, he did not eat or drink. He lived on the providence and love of his father uh, through that time. It was a time of testing, purification and preparation preparation for what for the cross. And so Jesus spent those 40 days in the desert. When you, when you hear the number 40, in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, it always means this thing, same thing, every time. The Israelites in the desert, 40 years. Uh, we have Noah, 40 days and 40 nights on the waters, the flood waters. We have. Um, Uh, Moses on Mount Sinai, 40 days and 40 nights uh, before he received the Ten Commandments. And then Elijah as well was sent out into the desert for 40 days and 40 nights. So it's a time of testing, purification, and preparation. And so for us, Holy Mother Church, 40 days and 40 nights, we go into the desert with Jesus, into the desert of Lent for what? To be tested, to uh, purify, and to prepare for what? for the cross and the resurrection. And so so we join with Jesus in this desert, relying solely on God's providence. There in the desert, Jesus is tempted. And there's three um, curious temptations. Jesus is the son of God. Uh, how is he tempted? He's in perfect relationship with God. How is this possible? Because he's also fully man. And so he gets to experience everything that we experience except for sin in this life. And so Jesus is tempted by the devil in the desert. I want to now rewind back to the book of Genesis, our first reading from Genesis 2. This is the second creation account. There's the first one in Genesis 1, and Genesis 2 is the second one. So there in Genesis 2, um, we see that God formed man. Out of the dust he made him and created him, breathed life into the dust. Remember on Ash Wednesday, remember that you're dust and to dust you shall return. It was one of the things that we were reminded when we received the ashes. So God formed us out of the dust. He formed us almost out of nothing, out of pure love and desire. Uh, and, and in that, he also put Adam and the woman who came from the side of Adam into the garden. God created a perfect harmony with man and woman a perfect harmony with all of creation a perfect harmony Um, and they lived in this perfect harmony they walked in the cool of the day with god conversed with him imagine if you could do that just take a walk with god and he tells you like just like i'm talking now everything that you needed to know uh, everything that your heart desired and he filled you uh, and gave you good things So this is the way it was in the garden. in the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge. And God said, don't take from these trees. Why? Because I'll provide for you life and knowledge. I will give you all of these things. So the serpent comes up to the woman. We fast forward to Genesis 3. There's there's, there's just a little bit from 2 and then we move into 3 in the first reading. The serpent comes to the woman. Side note. The woman and the man are together in this the woman's not isolated by the tree by herself remember there's a perfect harmony so they're together they actually like each other so they're standing by the tree together but the serpent addresses the woman he said "Uh, you will not die you will be like gods so uh, that just opened up her mind to the three reasons for the fall and these three things You can trace every sin you've ever committed back to one of these three things, if not all of them. All the sin of humanity can be traced to these three things. She saw, now notice what she saw, that it was good for food, delight to the eyes, and desirable for wisdom. Good for food, delight to the eyes, desirable for wisdom. Pleasure, possessions, and pride. Pleasure, possessions, and pride. All the sin, like that, you look at a tree, all the branch. there's lots of branches and leaves. There's like one trunk and a couple huge branches coming out of that. That's exactly what this is. Pleasure, pre- possessions, and pride. So they fell. And they were cast out of the garden. But God didn't abandon them. Of course, as we know, he sent his son. So we fast forward now. Having known that, pleasure, possessions, and pride, keep that in mind. We look at the temptations that Jesus undergoes. The temptations that Jesus undergoes. So the first, one does not live on bread alone. Or He says, command these stones to become the loaves of bread. So Jesus is in the desert. He hasn't eaten for 40 days and 40 nights. Nothing. He hasn't drank any water for 40 days and for 40 nights. And in his divinity, of course, Fine. But in his humanity, he is fully human as well. You can imagine he's a little hungry, and it even says it in the scriptures. There's only one person. I, I think there's a few others probably, but only one that I can confidently say from here that also did that. Catherine of Siena went went an entire Lent with no food or water, um, and so. We know in God it's possible, without God it's not, so don't try it. But um, nonetheless, the reality is he's hungry. And in his divinity, he could take any stone and turn it into bread. He took dirt and turned it into us. So he can take a stone and turn it into bread, you know? And so it's, it's a real temptation, it's an easy thing. But it's good for food. It's good for food. The, the lust of flesh, pleasure. We all fall to this. We see the goodness of something and we disorder it. We want to fill ourselves with pleasure. Notice how I phrase that. Fill ourselves with pleasure. We want to manage our own happiness. So we search those things out and we see things that are good. And again, we disorder them. We disorder them. So Jesus says to him in reply, one does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. We need nothing but God's word, that breath of life that he breathes into us. He said, let there be light. And there was light, and he saw that it was good. He said, let us make, let us make man in our image and likeness, we shall make him male and female. And he breathed life into the, into the clay and he saw that it was very good that word of God bears fruit feeds us nourishes us delight gives us pleasure we become delighted and fascinated as the Saints grow and uh, throughout their life you can read all of them they become moved just by thinking about the goodness of God reading a word of Scripture They can feast on that for months. Not the whole Bible. Just a line or two. The word of God delights our heart. I will give you knowledge, says God. I will provide for you. So we fast. We fast during Lent to open up that space to allow the rumbling of our stomach to turn our ear to what feeds us in truth and goodness and beauty. To give ourselves that space to not allow our pursuit of pleasure to take over our life, but rather to trust in God that his word, his love, and his pursuit of us will satisfy the heart next one, possessions. The devil took Jesus up to a high mountain, skipping ahead, showed all the kingdoms of the world, said, all these I shall give to you if you prostrate yourself and worship me. Possessions. Lust of the eyes. It's delightful to the eyes. Why did... Why did Jesus come? He came for the salvation of human souls. So the temptation, as he looks out over all of creation, all of humanity, all the kingdoms of the earth, and the devil says, I'll give you all of these. Your father said he'll give all of these to you. I can too. The only difference between Satan's offer, it comes without the cross. He says, I'll give you all of this and you don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to go to the cross. All you have to do is worship me. Delight to the eyes, possessions. We look around. We look around everything. We look over our neighbor's fence and we see what they have. And we begin to be jealous and envious. That eats at our heart when I see someone else with something that I want. You ever felt that drive in you that's like, once you see something I really want it and you can't stop thinking about it and you dream about it and you picture yourself with it whatever it is you can fill in the blank we all know ourselves and it takes over our conscious it takes over our willpower that lust of the eyes the desire to possess that which doesn't belong to us That to possess what doesn't belong to us. And God said, I will, give you, I will give you life from the tree of life. Jesus says, the Lord your God shall, worship, shall you worship and him alone shall you serve. Bless you. God is the one that gives life. That which we need, that sustains us every day, he gives that which just sustains us in our life of faith, the sacraments he gives. God takes care of us. And so he, through the church, invites us to give alms, to give of ourself. It's purifying to the heart. If I give things away, it breaks the chains of possessiveness in my heart. If I share with others, not just for my excess, oh, I have Ten books, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you five of them. No, we give from the need that we have. We give from our very need to those in need, and it purifies the heart and it breaks the chains of possessiveness. The wise saying of whoever tells you this, <laughs> Dad, Grandpa, whatever, Mom and Grandma, can't take it with you. There's a lot of gravestones in the gra- uh, over in the cemetery that used to have fancy clothes and cars and houses. And they're not in the grave with them. Just giving alms purifies our heart. Lastly, Satan says to Jesus, if you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from the parapet of the temple, the highest point of the temple. Ironically, he Satan quotes scripture here, he quotes Psalm 91, which ironically is the psalm that Jewish rabbis used in exorcism. Satan used, knew this prayer really well, and he used it as a mockery to Jesus, kind of throwing it back in his face. Jesus said, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, pride of life, if you are the Son of God, stir up in us vanity, we can do it without God. That stir of pride, to def- even vanity to defend ourselves, to puff out our chest, if you ever felt that in your life. It's a temptation. We all suffer from it. So how, what do we answer with prayer? Humility, turning to God in communion. Not putting God to the test, but trusting in Him. Reading the scriptures. Friends, this journey of Lent that God has called us on, this year uh, to go through uh, this desert, to open up space for him, to avoid those temptations, to break them from our hearts, and to walk the way of Calvary, the way to the cross. When Jesus is on the cross, and we'll see it again on Good Friday, Jesus is stripped of his possessions, his clothing, his mother, he gives away. In alms, Jesus is stripped uh, and tempted by those around. If you're the son of God, take yourself off the cross. Jesus is stripped of his hunger. He says, I thirst on the cross, not a morsel to be had. Our call is to, to walk the way of Calvary with him, to get to the cross. And when we're there, having followed him faithfully through these desert months, We can peer at heaven through the keyhole, his pure side, and he can invite us through uh, into eternal life.